Hi, it's Ian Welcome, Josh Jackson. This is quite a special episode of the Team Talk. For those not familiar, this is the show where we react to the press conference we're doing this as our tour live show this week. So this is going out live across all platforms, whatever platform you're on, share it with your mates. If you're on YouTube, slap a like on it and click subscribe to our channel as well. And think about downloading the Amphi Rap app because you get more great content like this is going to be. And I've got some great people with me to react to Jurgen Klopp's pre-card City press conference today. And that's John Gibbons and Fuad Hassan in the studio there and Ian Ryan. In his in his Mars back bedroom, by the looks of it. Klopp has just held his pre-card of City press conference, um, and there was some interesting stuff. Really talked about Luis Diaz and Fabio Carvalho, which we'll come on to talk about. Of course, spoke about the lads over in Afcon who were absolutely smashing it and getting through to the final. Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. So we'll talk about them as well. For those who are listening to this as a podcast, there's going to be a little insert in the middle from a Cardiff City fan, a caller um, who will be telling us more about what they're up to, what they've been up to and, and what they're hoping for on Sunday. And then in the third part of the show, which will be just, you know, normal for you who are watching live, but for the podcast listeners, you will hear us doing team selection and score predictions. Um, but John, just de- dead interestingly, really how insightful Jürgen was on, on transfers there in particular, because it tends to be the sort of thing that he, he skirts over really and he straight bats from the journalists, but really interesting on, on Diaz in particular. Um, he, he basically said that like, he'd not even met him yet, which I found interesting. He's not been to the training ground, so we should wait, which is a bit sad because it means there'll be no grand reveal for this Cardiff game. But nonetheless, it, it's so exciting. And I think you'll be able to feel that excitement in the air come Sunday, won't you? Yeah, and he won't be in the squad, it doesn't look like. But they might bring him on uh, just before the game. Uh, that might be quite nice. Uh, give everyone a bit of a lift. I mean, we'll need it. I am. Uh, we'll be on, <laughs> on, on Sunday. If you will just be getting in. Uh, midday Sunday, do you know what I mean? So, that, you know. That's why you'll be the most pissed in the ground. <laughs> yeah, if you will be doing it right, and the rest of us will uh, I'll still be waking hey, John, up. John, if you want me to buy you a Jagerbomb, I'll buy you a Jagerbomb. <laughs> if that's what you're saying. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Canabo bombs uh, for the <laughs> final. Um, chat is no, so, but it'd be nice if they brought him out and, and he got to say hello to everyone. And I think yeah, seriously, would would give everyone you know a bit of a lift and a boost and sort of help with the atmosphere. But it'd be nice to see him. But you know, from what Jurgen saying, you know, they're very excited about you know what he is going to be able to offer on the pitch. And I think you know we need to, we talked about him and Carvalho. He, he was more sort of effervescent, if you like, than he needed to be. And and you know, from the Luis Diaz point of view. You know, saying we, we we like everything he's got. We, he's got all the attributes required to succeed at a club like Liverpool, and he seems absolutely delighted to have him. And listen, we've we've watched all the YouTubes, we've we've listened to all the gutters, and we've um, and you know we've 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 I've rung up literally everyone I can about this man, and and so I didn't think it'd get more excited. But knowing Jurgen's fully on board, in fact, quite possibly driving the train um, is making it even better. Jurgen Klopp is always driving that train of excitement. And Fuad, it, it, as John says there, it was it was strange to sort of hear him, you know, talking up new signings and that kind of thing so much because he usually tends to sort of play down expectations. But in this, he, he says about Luis Diaz, we like pretty much everything about him. I've followed him for quite a while. He has the speed, he has the skill set, he has the character to have a really successful career. And as I said to John before, that there will be that excitement on Sunday and it just further increases that excitement that we're all feeling off the back of this signing, doesn't it? And I think you'll be able to, to feel that on Sunday. But, you know, as John says, we've all been watching the video Videos. We've all been, you know, trying to trying our best to swat up on Luis Diaz, and and it seems like he, he really fits the bill from what we've all seen, and also what Jurgen Klopp's saying. 
Hundred percent, and and there's that other thing, isn't there? Of we we we've sort of seen this all before a little bit in the in this in the context of of the type of signing he is, the profile, the age, that whole thing of you know you know Klopp mentioned in his press conference, we go we buy the right players at the right time for us, and and this looks very much like another one that's about to kick on to that next level. I think that's why we're not seeing the same kind of hesitation from from the manager in terms of look, it's going to take time. It may well do, it may well end up taking time, but they clearly see someone. Who's at, who's already got the base level to to come into this team and make an almost an instant impact? Uh, when whether we see the best of him, you know that that that's yet to come and, and we're yet to see that. But he he's, he ticks all the boxes, doesn't he? he? You know we've got that track record with with Mane, with Salah, with with Jota. You know all those all, all three of them, and, and now Diaz. Uh, we're at that exact same stage where they come in for the similar sort of price tag and and they're ready to come come onto the next level. And with the players around them, you know. I think that that process gets sped up because you know he, he mentioned other teams spending big money. I think there was a question put towards him about other teams spending big money in transfer windows and, and Liverpool going on for this one. Well, you know th- those are buys that aren't exactly uh, planned in terms of looking ahead at the next three, four, five years. Whereas Diaz fits the now and the future. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and there's something interesting in there which Fuad says about the idea that he does fit the now and the future because Jurgen Klopp sort of concurs with that in, in his press conference. It's a really good sign that we work on all fronts to improve this team. We have to be successful now and in the future so he can help with both. And he goes on to sort of further explain that it's something that the club are doing is looking to build for, for the next sort of generation of, of whatever this Liverpool squad will become. And I think it is a further sort of display of intent, isn't it? And you knew, you knew they'd always be doing it in the background, you know, building for the future. But it's nice to hear the manager coming out and saying, as well that you know that Diaz is a sign and that's not just you know for now for us to get excited about it's because he can be a Liverpool player for you know many many years to come as well no absolutely and by the way this is your mask back bedroom not mine just <laughs> 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 I thought you'd recognise it lad obviously not <laughs> <laughs> loads of this on the app loads of this I love it. I love it. I've been five minutes for that. I've Hold up a sign of it. I've had about four versions since then, but I want me to clean it. I want me to clean this one. Should have got in the end. Why do you let me go on about transfers? Honestly, fucking hell, lads. Who are we talking about? No, I think everyone's on the same page, Josh. I feel like I've... No, I've spoken about this guy loads already. I think everyone's delighted. I think, you know, the way the manager spoke about um, some of the kind of things he's going to bring to the team. I think pace, first and foremost, is something that gets everyone kind of off the seat and excited because it's something that I think at times you've seen Liverpool kind of use that really well. Certainly Mane and Salah um, have had that pace and obviously it, it, it can cause teams all kinds of problems if used properly. I think that becomes difficult when you sometimes, you know, you cover up against these kind of low blocks and stuff. Um, but the guy seems to have all the tools and I think one or two have gone early and judged him on a, on his performance for his national team which felt a, a little bit wild. Uh, hiya Rob, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he won't but, <laughs> he won't be, but he won't be. Um, Sold him but, so he can buy someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we've all seen enough footballers, enough elite level footballers who've maybe not um, been able to flourish for the for the national team for a variety of reasons. And that team doesn't look particularly great. But the way Jurgen spoke about him, you know, yes, they're going after him because of the ability he's got. But I think mentality is really really important to this football manager. He's referenced it more than once. This lad's won a league title as well. I think that's important. Bringing players in who know to get over the line, who know to win big trophies um, that all kind of fits you know the kind of narrative that Liverpool are trying to create so I'm really really pleased with the Josh it's a massive shame we probably won't get to see him on Sunday but as the boys have alluded to even if he's just coming out I think before the game 
gets a round of applause. That just gets everyone off the seat, gets everyone excited. I think we've all needed this signing. Players, manager, fans. So, yeah, couldn't be more pleased with it. Absolutely, yeah. And John, as, as you alluded to at the, at the start of the show as well, it was it was interesting hearing the manager sort of, I, th- I think there's been a bit of, you know, Liverpool opening the bonnet since since the signing of Luis Diaz and, and you know, showing people how, how the inner workings of, of the transfer situation of Liverpool's going at the moment. And that, that's why I found it particularly interesting today that Jurgen Klopp sort of was prepared to go and sign and also prepared to, you know, talk about a lad who we've not actually even signed yet as, as though we are going to sign him. And, and I'll read out his quote. He says, obviously we are still interested. It'll be crazy if not but it's not all in our hands. It was late before the transfer window closed again. We will see what happens, which he's, he's obviously kept us hanging on there so we can record a few more gutters, which is which is nice of him. But <laughs> it, it is interesting the strategy the club have been approaching us with because he seems to have been a lot more public than usual. And I was, I was on one of the gutters last week where we sort of spoke about the idea that you know, there was a time when Liverpool's transfer situation became public around Virgil van Dijk and, and they got burned on that and had to apologise. And I wonder whether there's a degree to which the club are doing it now to sort of show everyone that everything's in a good way and that basically we need to all stop banging on and worrying about it. Yeah, and I think in terms of opening the bonnet, they're taking my lead from LinkedIn on Friday, talking to myself through uh, <laughs> through, through my day and thinking, oh, maybe, maybe there's something in this. Uh, do check who, it out. Who uh, did it first, Julian Ward or John Gibbons? <laughs> <laughs> but I think with, with Carvalho in... in Particularly, I think it shows how confident they are that that it is all sorted, and and, and that's great because if there was any doubt in the mind, you know, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have talked as openly as that. I don't think so. I think it is a change attack, and I think you're right to to note it, Josh. But I think you know it also shows, as well as an added openness, that they're, they're really confident that this one, you know, is done, and obviously they didn't weren't able to to get the paperwork in in in, done in in time but from what i've heard sort of since then and spoke to a couple of journalists and things like that they apparently they always felt it was going to be difficult and they actually got further along and, and, and closer to, than what they expected to really and so that obviously leads to the disappointment then because you feel like you've been offered something and then, and then suddenly it's sort of snatched away but you know it, it shows from from Jürgen's comments i don't think he just spoke about about a player like that if he wasn't absolutely sure that they were joining liverpool so all good all positive another exciting young talent um coming to the club uh, from the summer and another uh, one for the future uh for us to talk about on the one for the future show <laughs> it's aptly named i would say john <laughs> i've just got it <laughs> <laughs> only just charmed after all these years <laughs> it, it, it is sort of interesting that the club have, have been more public about their transfers recently because i think we can we can all get a bit doom and gloom about the lack of business can't we and i think it's, it's particularly prevalent in this sort of social media age is, is that there is a bit of a, a you know a focus on transfers and us wanting to get deals over the line and want, want to see new players come in because ultimately we all want liverpool to be successful and, and that's a massive sort of help towards that. and i think you know, there was particularly concerns at the moment that the next generation, that this Liverpool side was 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 going to be, you know, sort of put off almost because we've been signing so many of these of these current lads to new contracts as they're sort of getting on now. So I think it was, it's good that the club are coming out and being a bit more public about it and showing us all that we do have nothing to worry about. Definitely, and and as much as it's a thing for us, it's also a sign for for clubs across you know Europe and and this country. You know, the fact that. Yes, this big figure in Michael Edwards is is stepping aside, but th- there's a clear, you know, there's there's been a clear kind of campaign to to show that this is all Julian Ward's work, and he's he's been the leader of all of this. So that I think I think they've they've clearly wanted to make it clear, and again, not just to us, it, it is a thing generally that Liverpool have got 
you know, there's this strong structure in place and personnel can move, personnel can change, come and go, but we'll still, we'll still have, we still have the same sort of core and nucleus in terms of our strategy and planning. And, and the manager made that really clear again in, in, in his quotes, you know, that in terms of how they sign players and what they go about, he's not interested in, 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 you know, other teams spending 200 million in a, in a window and all this, they have their way of doing things and that's what they've stuck by. And that's why you're seeing such good results. I think it's easy for us, isn't it, as fans to sometimes forget how, how great a transfer track record Liverpool have had because you know if you really look boil it down transfers you know are essentially huge gambles in a lot of instances and we're we're used to seeing other teams spend big money usually you know in in without any kind of strategy and coordination they're sort of rash decisions almost to seeing who's available but Liverpool kind of completely eliminate that while still being you know flexible having the ability you know to jump on the Diaz deal when they can see you know other other teams are kind of sniffing around so there's there's so much there's so much in the club that's been in kind of in the dark in the past that we need to kind of be we need to sort of appreciate and be confident in because you know we probably have uh, amongst the top, you know, transfer team and in terms of uh, staff at the club, probably around the top in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Ian, it's interesting what Fuad says there about the idea of Michael Edwards leaving. And, and, the, and you know, as I mentioned before, there's a bit of doom and gloom about transfers. There's a bit of doom and gloom almost when Michael Edwards sort of publicised the, the fact that he was leaving because I think, you know, he's, he's been he's been obviously a key sort of figurehead for Liverpool in terms of their transfer strategy in, in, in recent years. So the signs that he was leaving will probably make some people, you know, fear even more about the future. And it feels like it's nice for the club to have, to have come out really and, and sort of address that almost by saying, look, is we're all worried about this, but we're already putting a succession plan in place. These are deals that have been made by Julian Ward, the deals that are going to get you all excited and, and the future is exciting now. Yeah, and there's and Liverpool will obviously want to control the kind of narrative as well. And obviously they don't want to be seen to be dropping the ball at any point here. So I think you know, who had touched on us there, they were very kind of front forward, making sure everyone was aware who took the kind of lead on some of the negotiations that brought the ass to the club. Um obviously Liverpool will want to make sure they are succession plan and they've done that. Um, it all feels really, really kind of sensible stuff. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I sometimes get a little bit frustrated by the transfer stuff is that Liverpool are very, very good at it. You know, when they tend to get them over the line, you know, there's not that many that have gone wrong. And they may say, well, you know, the reason they are so good is because they do pick and choose the moments when to go into the market to get that. Um, but sometimes it feels like maybe they could be a little bit more kind of aggressive with some of the transfers. But there's no doubt when they go out, Josh, and they, they kind of identify these players, nine times out of ten, they're coming in and they're really adding something. And I think, you know, some of that is down to, I think, you know, the working as a collective. I think Jürgen's always keen to kind of say, it's not just one person's decision here. Yes, he has the final say and rightly so because he is the manager, um, but it's a collective uh, and they're all working as a team. And they might not always agree and that's also important because you don't necessarily want them agreeing on everything. Um, but if it's going to mean bringing a new player in, then, you know, they're all working together, but the manager gets the final say. And as I say, you can't really think of, too many bad ones. Obviously, there's obviously one or two that immediately spring to mind. But over the course of the last kind of three, four, five years, there's been loads and loads of ticks in the boxes in terms of the people who are coming through the door. They actually are coming in. They're adding value. They've been part of something. Um, hopefully, they're part of a, a new chapter, certainly in Diaz's case, because um, as we'll probably come on and talk about in a little bit, yes, there's the FA Cup, uh, but also there's still other no trophies at stake. You know, you could talk about the league. Is it still there? I'm not so sure. But there's certainly plenty to play for. 
Absolutely, yeah. Well, we've got an added addition to this team talk because we've got some live comments coming in. Everyone's being very nice in the comments. We've got Scott Young here says, saying we're bouncing at the end of January window. Our lads going in head-to-head in the International Cup final, still in all the cup competitions and chasing down the top of the league. What a time to be a red, he says, and I completely agree. Highland Matthews as well says, just want to congratulate all Egyptians and people from Senegal with their amazing performance in the AFCON. I was astonished yesterday that Egypt won against Cameroon on their home ground. And John, it was it was nice, wasn't it? Sort of seeing seeing Mo and seeing seeing the Egyptians getting those celebrations. It was nice seeing Sadio Mane getting celebrations of the night as well. And Jurgen Klopp's been sort of talking that up in the press conference now, saying you know he, he acknowledged that one of them is going to be less happy than the other. But it's but it's so good for you know us as Liverpool fans, but also as as Hyla says, the people of Senegal and of Egypt to, to see both those both those lads and both those teams in, in an Afcon Cup final. Yeah, I think especially Egypt because I don't think they were meant to be anywhere near the final. Really, I had a little look at the the odds before the the tournament started, and and, and Senegal were right up there, if, if not favourites. You know, second or third favourites. I think Algeria were favourites actually, and they ended up sort of bombing out, didn't they? But but Senegal was sort of second or first, whereas Egypt were were you know sort of you know looking like around quarter finals really. So to get to the final, and as as your man says in the comments to. To, to beat the hosts, albeit on penalties in a semi-final like that. And they were they took the pens great as well. Mo didn't even have to take one. In the end, Eddie just got to cheer. But you could see how much it went to him. You know, every time Egypt scored, it went to him and he was, you know, he was he was loving it, wasn't he? He was big sorts of celebrations. And he's a leader in that team, and that's a lot of pressure. You know, he's he's obviously, you know, a lot of pressure on him in a Liverpool shirt. But, you know, for Egypt, you know, he is the, the absolute main man. He sort of carries them. He's the he's the best player by a by a country mile, really, isn't he? And and but he, he's fine with that. He's it's the pressure he's put on himself and, and, and he and he and he thrives on it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a really great final. But then obviously Sadio is on the other side, you know, he's leading that Senegal team as well that looks to me to be a little bit stronger, you know, o- overall. And so you'd imagine to be favourites, but yeah, it's something nice to look forward to. Be Cardiff on Sunday, and then uh, a couple of beers after, and then go back and and watch the game. It should be a, a nice Sunday for Liverpool fans, but but great for them too. And yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Fuad, it was it was nice to see sort of Mo Salah shutting up the the critics as well, of which there was one yeah. in the Cameroon team before the game. I thought that was dead funny that he came out and sort of gave them that pin to the dressing room wall content. And as John says, it will be... Fuad be does good... that to me before five or seven <laughs> on a Wednesday. He's, he's doing it to me before this in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Calls himself a host. I don't think he's up to much, really. <laughs> Doesn't press me much. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 seven pm GMT on on Sunday the final. So how many GNTs and Jaeger bombs will you be? <laughs> nice. Oh god, that's a good question, Josh. We'll see. Ask me at twelve o'clock on Sunday. Um, no, it, it, I mean, I I was really into how he was getting in the ref's face as well. Mo, I, we haven't seen that side to him. You know, there's that there's that clip going around at the end of the game in between the pens and he's he's in the ref's face and the refs literally tell him to go away and it, it's brilliant because you know it obviously it means so much in one sense but also i think the manager mentioned it as well in the press conference the thing that he really likes to see is how they have they've taken that responsibility it's so easy to crumble under that much pressure we've seen it time and time and again not just in in terms of liverpool but we've seen it with international teams you know most has got the weight of the entire country of egypt kind of on his shoulders because that team if you look at it kind of back to front there's really not much there that senegal team there's you know they've got the best keeper in the competition there's other good players all around as well Mo's having to really kind of carry it and he was doing the team talk as well at the end and just before the penalties he was the one after their after their coach got sent off so there's so many good little bits and I think the manager mentioned it that 
that you know develops them individually and obviously them developing as individuals helps this Liverpool side massively because you know whoever wins it they come back with that with that confidence and also with that experience of being in these big moments and and that's an, that's another added boost you know in the dressing room suddenly you know you've got a, a guy who's gone and won in another cup and you know Salah Romani will be seeing you know the league cup final as another opportunity to win two trophies in February and you know how great would that be so it, it, it's it's really positive for them as individuals but then that also has knock-on effects for for Liverpool. Yeah, and Ian, in terms of Mane and Salah's availability, Klopp sort of had a little bit to say on that. He said they'd be back on Tuesday or, or Wednesday next week and said the winner will probably have to go back home first to celebrate, which I think is absolutely fair enough, but we will see. And Jürgen has to talk to him. And, and that's sort of exciting, really, isn't it? Because I know me and you had a bit of a, a disagreement on how far we want Egypt and Senegal to, to go in this tournament. But now they've got to, you know, this this stage, you, you want you want them to, to sort of have as much success as possible. And we're going to get, get them both back at the same time now. So it's all good. <laughs> I don't even remember that disagreement. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> what did we say? I was, I was, I was you, you, you wanted them out early, didn't you? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to you about my desire to see Salah be the president of Egypt one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I mean, I think everyone, whether you've kind of engaged in the tournaments or not, and I've not been across every game, I have to say that, but I will be watching on Sunday. I'm, I'm delighted for, for, for both of them. And yes, there will be a winner and there will be a loser, but I think... Um, as Gibbo said, you know, I think from Egypt's point of view, I don't even think they were expected to get anywhere near the final. Um, so the people I was listening to were writing them off and they've come up against big teams in the last two rounds who were well more fancied, um, is what I was being told. And they've obviously, you know, managed to get through. So, so testament to both. Um, I think it'll have done Sadio the world a good, to be honest. And I don't think his performances have necessarily been as bad as one or two have said. Um, I think last year was a tough season for him for lots of reasons. Um, but I think, I think there's been green shoots this season. I really do and I think if you look at his goals I think he's he's about 8 and 20 this season which is not bad you know he's not far off 1 and 2 from a wide position um, but you can imagine the kind of bounce that either of them will get if they if they kind of deliver a big trophy for the nation and I think you know it's not just you can only imagine can't you really the weight of expectation on those players because they are leaders for those countries and I know obviously you know they get, they get the armband and stuff but it's more than that so to bring a trophy back will be will be significant and it'll be huge and hopefully Liverpool are, are reaping the benefits and you know being serious about it I probably was a little bit torn because you're always thinking with your, your kind of Liverpool head on that you want them to get a rest you want them to get a break you want them to be fit and fired for the football club um, but listen they'll be delighted with where they've gone in terms of the tournaments and how it's gone so far and, and best of luck to both really but um, it will be nice to have them back and, and certainly you'd fancy one of them to be making some form of appearance on Thursday night. Absolutely, yeah. Well, if you're listening to this as a podcast, we're going to hand you over now for the opposition view. Looking ahead to Cardiff on Sunday, if you're watching live, then it's pretty much going to go on as normal. Cheers, Josh. It's John Gibbons. I'm delighted to be joined over Zoom now by Tom Taylor, who's a Cardiff City supporter, who's going to help us out, tell us all about Cardiff. So, Tom, thanks so much for coming on. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, it's nice to meet you too. So, the tie then... Um, it's not Cardiff's, you know, first trip to Anfield by any stretch of the imagination. You're obviously in the Premier League and there's been a cup game uh, between the two sides. I remember about 10 or, 10 or so years ago, uh, Bobby Fowler uh, was at Cardiff at the time. I sort of remember that. But still, is there a bit of excitement about, about this game? Is it, uh, is it a nice one for Cardiff supporters to be looked forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, whenever a team, I suppose a smaller or in a division below, it's always nice to get um, a big... Premier League away day, even if, you know, there's not much of a chance or it's quite unlikely that we think we'll get a result. It's 
yeah, it's always nice. It's always nice for a day out. Um, it's always great for the players as well, especially because with our team, we've got quite a few youngsters in. I think it'd be such a learning experience to go to a place like Anfield, you know, such a historic, famous stadium with all the fans. It gives you a great atmosphere. And, you know, it's always a fun trip for the away fans to go to as well. Yeah, nice trip up. Uh, we we used to do that the other way when the finals were in Cardiff and it's a lovely drive. <laughs> so I think people will, uh, will certainly enjoy it. You mentioned the younger players there and it's a funny one with these games, isn't it? Because, you know, clubs rotate uh, in the FA Cup and not just Premier League clubs, but, but, but sort of championship clubs as well. So I guess for some of these younger players and, and for the for the supporters as well it's 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 different mindsets because obviously the more changes that liverpool make uh, the better chance cardiff have but also for these younger players they'll want to test themselves against you know they're not gonna have mo salah they're not gonna have sadio mari because they're not for the african combinations but you know if you're a young forward i imagine you'd you quite fancy playing against virgil van dyke oh yeah absolutely um i think we'll probably will see a bit of a rotated team as well like you said um because we did play wednesday um i think it was away at Barnsley so that was quite a trip and that was a huge game for us as well and I think at the minute priority at the club will probably still be the league because we're not really out of that relegation battle yet we're making the right steps forward with last two matches we had a big win at home against Forest uh, which I don't think many people expected and then I think an even bigger win against Barnsley in the week so I think it will be an opportunity for a few of the youngsters maybe some of the young midfielders and forwards to come in and I think you know to play against somebody like Virgil van Dijk it would be you know such an experience for them they would never have played against anybody of that caliber sort of even some of like you know like you said a Liverpool rotated team is still you know probably one of the best teams in the Premier League and I think yeah it'd just be great for those uh, youngsters if they could get some minutes out there and probably some of the older players we have as well because they'll still want to go out and prove a point that they've still got it and can do it against some of the best uh, players in the English uh, football system. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how strong Liverpool go because you mentioned that you had a you had a game on Wednesday. Liverpool haven't played for a while because there's been this this sort of you know half winter break, uh, if you like. So um, with a with a big game against Leicester on Thursday, you might go slightly stronger uh, the manager than usual. But we shall see. Uh, we shall see. And obviously, we'll all find out at sort of an hour or so uh, before kickoff. You you mentioned there the, the the battle that that Cardiff are in at the moment it is, uh, I guess, a bit of a relegation battle. But as you say, going in with a little bit of a form, uh, two wins on the bounce uh, is there any particular reason uh, why for the upturn of form or did you, did you feel like you know a, a couple of good results were, were coming before that I think um, to be fair to Steve Morrison uh, the head coach he's had a pretty solid January he's made great use of the loan market and um, he like he's got in uh, Tommy Doyle from Manchester City he's a youngster and he's looked brilliant in our midfield because he was a it, it was a part of the uh, field that didn't look too great or it was just a little bit just kind of not really there. There wasn't that balance that was really needed. And he's done that and bringing back some players who were out on loan as well. So I think use of the loan market has been huge. Um, bringing in you know, a few players from the Premiership, uh, a couple from Championship teams as well. And I think that's... You get... You know, you... You're going to be a quality player regardless of age. If you're at a team like Manchester City, Leeds or whoever, you're going yeah. to be a good player. And especially uh, youth players as well who are held in quite a high 
standard anyway by fans of those teams. So I think bringing in those players in just for that little bit extra quality that we kind of needed, uh, I think that's been huge and definitely has shown in the last uh, two games especially. Yeah, and it puts you in a slightly stronger position in the league as well because, you know, the, the, the table says you're 20th, but actually there's a, there's a decent gap you've opened up now between yourselves and Reading and 21st. And, and that's what a couple of wins can do, um, can't it? Um, the, the teams below you can't buy a win at the moment and haven't won for, for a while, Reading and, and Peterborough. Obviously, Derby have a slightly different case uh, because of the situation there. And, but it just shows what two wins can do um, when, when you are at the bottom. You know, there's a, there's a seven-point gap between you guys and Reading. And I guess as you look it up, uh, the table rather than down. Yeah, hopefully. Um and we got uh, Peterborough next week as well, which is another six-pointer. Because um, it, it was kind of talk amongst fans that going in the next two weeks or so, or, well, halfway through it, was going to be absolutely crucial to try and get a win, maybe against Forest, to get the ball rolling a bit. And then two must-wins against uh, Barnsley and Peterborough, which, well, one of them's happened, uh, which is lucky. So I think it was always about trying to just get away as far as possible from that bottom three as early as possible as well because you don't want to be going into you know March time and you're still kind of oh will they won't they kind of situation because then it started to get a little bit scary a bit nervous and especially with teams above that were starting to sort of make a little bit of a breakaway as well but you know we're closing the gap to Hull which is really important and it's just trying you know get as close to the ones above us and far away from that relegation battle because it's not one especially in the championship with the amount of games there it's not one you really want to be uh, tied into absolutely um just while we're on it'd be interesting to ask you about sort of you know how, how things are going at the club in general at the moment and, and relationships you know with the owners and things like that because he's a he's an interesting character isn't he and, and and we heard a lot about him a few years ago with with changes that he wants to make and and you know arguments with with supporters and things how are things now and how is the feeling you know, amongst fans about about how the club is run and how are connections between the supporter base uh, and the football club currently? Um, it's a bit of a polarising one. I think no two fans will have the same kind of, of course. relationship with the board. I think it, it's purely just down to the way that we run. Um, to be fair to Vincent Tan, he obviously he was the massive pantomime villain uh, when we were first in the Premier League back in 2013 playing in red. And, you know, it was... It, relations really weren't good at all. Uh, but since then, to be fair to him, he did change the colours back to blue. Yeah. And he has written off quite a lot of debt for us as well. So he's kind of got this sort of redemption arc, I suppose you could call it. Um, with a lot of fans, uh, it's still the, you know, the scars are still there. They still remember. But um, with Tan, it's, it's kind of got better. You, you'll have some supporters who still can't stand him and want him gone. And there's others who take step back. It's like, well, you know, what more does he have to do? He's changed the colours. He apologised for that. He's written off some of our debt. And But more so with the board, it's not as kind of cosy a relationship. Um, I think what kind of shows that more than anything was a Story went out on Twitter the day of the South Wales derby. Uh, went to Swansea, still under Mick McCarthy then. Uh, got embarrassed 3-0, terrible performance. And the day that a coach of fans was leaving Cardiff, uh, the CEO, Ken Chu, came on just to see everybody off. 
uh, somebody shouted out, we want a new manager. And apparently he laughed and said, yeah, me too. So it just <laughs> funny, but you know, it's not really what you, you want to be hearing from the board in a time no. where, you know, things were so bad. So I think with the owner, it, relations have kind of gotten better over the years. Whereas with the board, it's still a kind of a tricky position that we're in and there's not a lot of support for it. But on the pitch then, there's obviously you know the big game to look forward to on Sunday and then the big one on, on Wednesday as well. If I could offer you one win uh, on Sunday or Wednesday, which one would you take? See, it pains me to say it, but I think it'd have to be Wednesday just because, you know, I love the FA Cup and for years I've wanted us to have a decent cup run and to beat a big team in it. And, you know, you don't really get much bigger than Liverpool at Anfield. But it's just that... <laughs> trying to get away from that relegation battle at the minute is absolutely key. Unfortunately, if we were in an okay position in the league, then, you know, I'd say uh, Sunday, 100%. But I think just for the position where we are and we're trying to get away from that battle as soon as possible, I'd, if I had to choose, I'd probably say win against Peterborough. Well, we shall see. Maybe we'll get both. Uh, who knows? <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, huge thanks uh, to Tom uh, for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Thomas Taylor Four. Uh, he's also got a blog, uh, which I had a little look at last night. It was really good. It's uh, the address is cornonline.sport.blog. So you can check out what's right in there. But Tom, uh, really nice to speak to you, mate. And who knows? Maybe we'll be getting you on uh, when you're back in the Premier League in a couple of years. Hopefully. <laughs> And I'm going to start again with a comment from Jimmy Allen, which says, like the video, folks, and subscribe. Some great content up with regards to how our squad is for the rest of the season. And I agree with Jimmy. I think you should like the video. You should subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And you should also consider downloading the Amphir app app. If you wanted to know what happened during the Cardiff City caller there, John Gibbons did it. But we're going to give no spoilers away because you should be downloading the app to go and listen to that. So make sure that you do go and do that. Um, in terms of team selection for this one, John, then I'll, I'll come to you first because he's got a few decisions, I think, to make the manager and there's, there's a bit of an interesting thing in terms of, you know, just where lads have been over the past week in particular. You know, there's been a few lads who've been away on internationals, including the South American lads, been a few lads away on holiday as well. I just wonder how sort of strong he'll, he'll look to go for this one and obviously starting in defence, whether he starts, you know, Kelleher, Allison first of all and whether he's, you know, he's got a few decisions to make around Trent and Virgil and the like too. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And, you know, I was just speaking to Tom there and, and they're in a very different position towards Cardiff because they played on Wednesday night. They've got a big game, you know, again on, on Wednesday at the bottom of the league there, whereas we've had this big gap and then, you know, there's the extra day then to Thursday before and we're not great generally after big gaps. I don't, I don't think Liverpool, I think we're a team that likes to be in rhythm. I think the manager talks about rhythm a lot. And so I think he'll be tempted to go stronger than what he would do normally. I think he'll he'll maybe discount uh, some of the lads who've, who, who've travelled, who, who, who maybe sort of back from South America late and and things like that. But in in terms of the the European boys, I, I would expect most, if not if not all, of the first teamers to, to to play. I think the only thing is someone like Joe Gomez. I think you'd really like to see him, you know, get some minutes. You know, maybe play him alongside Verge and and, and, and sort of give give them the option there and then. But in terms of the others, I think they'll want to get on the pitch and they'll want to play. And is it five subs in the FA Cup? I can't remember, or, or is it, or is it three? Um, but, but either way, you'd expect us to use, you know, full, full, full 
sort of compliments of, of whatever's available to him just to sort of, you know, get people minutes and, and to give people opportunities. You might see some lads getting an hour and then it's it's arranged for someone else to get to get 30 from there. I don't know. But I think uh, for, from a Liverpool point of view, I think we'll want to go strong because Thursday's a big one. Thursday, you know, Leicester, they beat us at their place, didn't they? They're, they're a decent enough enough side. And, and of course, there's problems, you know, whenever we've played them. Obviously, there was the, 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 the mad early cup tie earlier in the season at, at Anfield as well. So they'll take some beating on Thursday and I think we'll want to be at it. And so whatever gives us best chance to do that, I think is what you're going to go for. Yeah, Barry Higgins comment saying no spoilers, Gibbo. I'm going to let you off. I think that was more of a teaser, I'd say. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just reading up the fixture list, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's available. It's available for anyone to look at. No, I think he means you talk about the Cardiff caller, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I was just talking about the, the, their fixtures. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Gibbo off because he's, he's part of the marketing team, so he's, he's doing, <laughs> doing, doing, doing a bit of work for us. Uh, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll be out when you're busy. <laughs> John makes a good point on, on Joe Gomez there, I think, because he's a sort of player that you want to see his minutes starting to ramp up now he's obviously not featured much this season but coming into the back end of the season in particular you don't want to get into a situation where you know obviously he's behind Matip and Kanata in, in the pecking order at the moment but you don't want to get to a situation where if somebody gets injured that you're having to rely on Gomez and, he, and he's got no rhythm and you feel like you want to keep giving him that incentive to sort of stay hungry there as well and there's a few other lads that you could sort of say the same for I think Simicast hasn't featured too much recently we're probably looking at this one as one he can start into yeah, definitely. I I think the Gomez thing is huge. I I just I just don't think Liverpool can afford to to kind of get in a position where you know they they do I, either he's wanting to kind of force a move or, or or Liverpool do have to end up selling just because you know you look at the age and you look at the age of the other centre halves. We do need that. We do need that kind of age gap. He's what twenty four, twenty five, I think, isn't he? So he's he is very much still you know a part of the future of this Liverpool team. And and you know any if if you were to kind of move him on or whatever, then the replacing him is going to be such a big cost and and you're almost going to have to start again in terms of developing a, a centre half in the way that this manager wants them to be so I think it'd be, it's huge for him to start this game and also get that belief back that he can get back to the levels that he was once at I think that there's no reason why he can't there's there's nothing he's shown that he can't get there obviously the little these little niggles with injuries are, are always going to be a bit of a problem with him but you know we've seen Joel Matip turn that around quite late on you know this season you know t- touching all the wood in the world he's been he's been you know injury free so there's no reason for Gomez I think not to play in this one and 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 you're also confident of of one of the other two kind of getting dropped in for for Thursday night if they have to because you know they've shown they can come in from the cold a bit and and, and deliver performances so there's plenty of games this month in terms of getting players rhythm but these players who have been on the fringes a little bit they, d- they do need to get the minutes in this just because if they are going to be called on any point in the season like you said Josh you know we do need them to come in especially you know if we're challenging on all four fronts. Yeah, SG has commented here saying if Gomez leaves in the summer, Nat Phillips will probably end up staying. And Ian, I think that is enough for me to to want Joe Gomez to start this game anyway. To be honest, alone, I I don't like the idea that there's, there's this sort of talk of Joe Gomez going anywhere else because it feels like not long ago we were talking about him and Virgil Van Dijk having probably the strongest centre half partnership in in the world. And I think we've all sort of forgotten over time because Gomez hasn't been getting many minutes. Just how good he can be for Liverpool. And I think Jurgen Klopp needs to sort of, you know, keep making sure that he's giving Gomez that incentive to, to keep going. And I think that starts with start on, on Sunday. Yeah, I think the manager may, he may have a couple of uncomfortable conversations. Um, maybe he's not going to maybe use the likes of Joe Gomez in this one. I think it's really hard for Gomez because anyone who listens to these shows or, or kind of watches the videos will know how much I, I rate Gomez as a player. Um, 
I think before the injury, um, before the last injury, you know, you, you kind of you got a real kind of insight in just to kind of the level of performance. I think when he was partnering in Van Dyke for that period, there was no doubt in my mind he was he was one of the best in Europe. He was that good, uh, and I think the question is now: Can he come back from a, from a another bad one? Um, I don't know. Uh, I've said before, the club will have an idea on that. But the problem you've got, even if you're giving him this game, which I think you should give him this game, he looks like a player who needs a run of games. And where's he getting the run of games? Because they come thick and fast and they're all really, really important. And Leicester's right on the horizon. Now, I don't think there's anyone out there who's suggesting Joe Gomez should start against Leicester because when he has played, you can still see the rustiness but you can understand the rustiness because he's not getting the games and it is going to take him a little bit of time. And you know, even Van Dyke this season, there's been times where he's not quite looked himself, maybe not to the Gomez level, but you can just see he's maybe not quite there. But Van Dyke's getting the game, so he's getting back into rhythm, getting back into routine. Joe's not getting that. Um, so you feel sorry for him, but if he can, and it is an if, but if he can get back to the level he was, he is still one hell of a centre-half and I wouldn't want him going anywhere. Um, I think, you know... He's almost a perfect foil for Van Dijk in many ways. And there's a game that always sticks in my mind. It was Leicester um, away. And I think it was the one where Alisson makes the mistake. He's unbelievable that day. And there are others that you can choose because he's been great in lots of games. But that day, he was sensational. On the cover, brilliant. Sniffs danger, smells danger. There was even times when Van Dijk that day was getting caught a little bit and Joe Gomez was on the cover uh, because he's got that recovery pace. And he's, he was brilliant. Um, and obviously, injuries have... I've really suckered him uh, at really unfortunate times. And because he's had so many, you're always thinking, well, can he come back from another one? Um, maybe he'll get game, some game time um, in a fullback position, potentially. I don't particularly like him there, um, but I don't think Joe will be choosy at the minute. He'll just want minutes. Um, but I agree with, with what the boys have said. I think the manager on Sunday will go really, really strong. You can't really go into that Leicester game you know, with a load of lads who haven't played for three weeks, it just doesn't work. So, you know, there will be one or two probably tough conversations for the manager where maybe one or two players would have been expected to play a game against Cardiff. But I think it will be pretty much as strong as you can go, bar maybe the odd exception. And, and Gomez may be one of them because I think he is someone who, as I said before, needs the minutes. And there'll be one or two other areas of the pitch where they can't quite get the first team lads back. We know the forwards aren't going to be there, Salah and Mane. But other than that, Josh, I'd expect eight or nine to be really kind of first-team players who are probably going to play against Leicester as well. Yeah, John, I can I can see the midfield being a bit of a, a barometer for that in a sense. And Jurgen Klopp was talking about some of the lads that we're going to have back. He was talking about Naby Keita in this press conference and saying that Harvey Elliott will definitely be back in the squad for this one as well, which is obviously massively exciting. But then Thiago won't be a part of this one. So we, so we know we're not getting Thiago. But as Ian says there, I, I just wonder whether the midfield ends up being the place where, where Jurgen basically picks the team from and decides to go as strong as possible in there and then it gives him a few moves elsewhere. Yeah, I'm not so sure what the score is for Bino because he doesn't play for Brazil, but I don't know if he's travelled. Uh, someone will help me out sort of in the comments. But uh, the likes of, you know, Henderson, you know, who, who who's had sort of a bit of a break, uh, you, you'd expect to play. And Kaita is is a good one who, you know, he, he talked up while he was away, you know, when everyone kept saying to Jäger, oh, you've got Manny and Salah out there. He's like, oh, don't forget Naby. He's, he's, a, he's a class midfielder for us. Did pretty well out there as well, didn't he? Scored a really nice goal, a couple of man of the matches and, and led his te- team well. Um, um, and so, you know, maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for him. Maybe this is a good game for him, for him to come on. You know, if Kaita is, is you know, wanting a, a strong end to the season for Liverpool, which I'm sure he is, then, then this is sort of a good place to start. So I think I'd, I'd start him. I think I'd look to, to go with Kaita in this one. And, and especially if the forward options maybe aren't quite as strong as what we'd like. Uh, he's, a, he's a goal threat 
from midfielders, and he's probably the one who you'd back uh, the most to, to, to score from our current, current crop of midfielders, maybe between him and Chamberlain, perhaps sort of from that midfield position. And so I think if you are a bit lighter or a bit more inexperienced, shall we say, in the, in the forward options, then Kaita makes more sense in that regard as well. Yeah, Fuad, it's a good point John makes out in terms of Thanks, you know the, the, <laughs> the, for, the forwards picking the, the midfield to, to an extent almost as well because we've seen that in, in recent weeks, I think, where you know Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has been starting on the right-hand side. Obviously, you've got Harvey Elliott coming back now who can start on the right-hand side and Curtis Jones who can start off the left. And I just wonder whether the manager will give himself some moves off, off the bench in this one in particular. I don't imagine there's a situation in which Harvey Elliott comes straight into this one and starts. But if you if you, if you go off the base that you start in, Firmino and Jota off the bat, then there's another place up for grabs there and, and a couple of places in midfield too. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you you talk about Oxlade Chamberlain there, you know, he's he's more than kind of earned his his place in that team, I think, to to, to go again because of how he stepped up, I think, since since uh, the, the others have been away and, and, and everything that's happened with the COVID situation as well. You know, he's one that's come out this little period with a lot of, I think, a lot of credit and, and, and you know, goals as well, important goals. So I, I think you do need to, the manager does need a bit of rewarding, you know, in terms of these performances and, and a little bit of an indication that, look, you know, you, even when we do get these players back, you know, you've shown that you you've made a place for yourself in this team, and and we we do trust you. So I think he will look to go go strong there. And and like you said, with the substitutions, I think that'll be the key thing because there will be a bit, there will be a lot of chopping and changing. And I think the likes of Elliot and maybe one or two others, the ones that have travelled. You know, I I was thinking initially he basically picks his team by going through Instagram and seeing which players have posted holiday picks because they've been all over the place, haven't they? And been you know away from training and stuff. So. I think I think all of them will have to start because they, th- there are so many games coming up that I think if you if you kind of get it wrong in terms of their rhythm and in terms of what sort of shape they are going into each one, you know, it, we could be left to pay for it. So yeah, I do expect you know all all this five substitutions as well, right? So I expect all five of those to be made. And the ideal situation would be for you know the likes of Elliot and and others to come on in a situation where Liverpool have have, have got the game pretty much secured and done. Have you played on that golf course in Dubai that the boys were on? No, I haven't. I haven't done to play golf, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played on any golf course. Not Sorry. much of a golf man. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the office. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's rubbish at that as well. <laughs> Come on. Ian, Ian, what would you be doing in terms of the sort of midfield and, and forward line for this one? I think we've seen in recent weeks that the Chamberlain on, on the right-hand side seems to, to work with Firmino and, and, and Jota in there more sort of natural roles and then that, that frees up a bit in midfield I think for, for you to have a bit more of a, of a of a sort of double eight thing going on where he's had Henderson and Curtis Jones and then there's you know a couple of options who you could almost think about for that third third option in midfield if it is going to be Fabinho and Henderson as, as the other two names there. Yeah I think Fabinho travel so I, I don't expect him to, to kind of start this one um, but I think Henderson will play the six. I think you know, the Harvey Elliott one's interesting because there's been a lot of language used around uh, we're, we're kind of having to hold him back. We're almost kind of desperate to play him. But I think when you think about how bad that injury was, and it was a really nasty one, I think, you know, to be sensible is probably the right thing to do. And maybe just give him the last 30. So because you've got the five subs, you can imagine a scenario where the likes of Harvey's getting the kind of last 25, last 30, etc. just starting to integrate him back. Um, the Chamberlain thing, I think there's every chance he starts right to the front three. Um, I kind of... I'm never quite convinced by a nerve and being really honest, but I think what it does do um, is the thing you said, which it allows Jota to remain kind of left-hand side. I don't really want to see Jota right-hand side and he'd expect it to be Bobby through 
through the kind of middle. And I said before, probably eight or nine first team is it might not be quite that many thinking about it because I'm expecting the goalie to probably be Kelleher as well. So maybe you're looking Callahan at maybe six. Needs, Callahan needs to be playing before this League Cup final, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So I think the goalie will be Kelleher. I don't think Alice will be, will be playing on, on, on Sunday, John. So it's probably more like six or seven first teamers. Um, and I think, you know, He's got a little decision to make about what he does in midfield. I'd play Keita. I absolutely would play him because when he's available, you may as well play him because I think the thing is with Naby, you never know when he's going to be available. Um, so whilst you've got him, use him. And, and Gibbo was right to frame it as he had, a, he had a good tournament. I think the little bits I did catch, he looked like he was playing really well. So so let's build on that. Let's get him playing. Um, and as I say, he's a player that you can certainly be be looking to use in the coming weeks if you can get him fit and far. And so I'd be playing Keita. And maybe there is a, a slot for for someone like a Tyler Morton, if he wants to have a little bit of youth in there, if he wants to kind of have more of a blend. Um, but I, I just keep coming back to the fact that there's big games on the horizon and I think he'll want to keep his bigger players ticking over. So I'm not sure there'll be a place for Tyler, but you wouldn't be you wouldn't be massively shocked if he was maybe the one or, or, or two that, you know, if he is going to look to youth, he'd probably be one of the first names you're going to be thinking of. But as I said before, I think it will be a lot stronger than one or two people are thinking. OK, we're thinking that Liverpool are going to go strong for this one. So, John, what do you reckon in terms of score predictions? You've obviously spoken to a Cardiff fan and you'll, you'll, get, you'll get an idea of what they're going to be feeling like ahead of the game, what sort of shape they're in, what do you reckon? Yeah, he's focused on Peterborough. Good lad. I think they're, co- they're coming for a lovely day out and I hope they enjoy themselves. I hope they all get to uh, smell how nice Virgil van Dijk um, apparently, um, apparently smells and, and, and yeah, have a good day and get me free though. You know, Phil, what are you going for? I'm going to go 4 0 just to one up, John. 4 0, nice. Good one and up. Ian, are you going to one up Phil and John? Yeah, why not five? <laughs> <laughs> go on, Josh. Always, always in for a one up. I'm going to caveat my prediction with a comment from Christian Simmons, which says, Josh, are you feeling a bit silly now after saying a couple of days before we bought Diaz that he needed to go somewhere else and develop more before he's ready for us? And yeah, Christian, I'm a silly boy. Luis Diaz is going to be the best player in the world. The Reds are going to beat Cardiff 6-0 and they're going to go on and win all the trophies. It's a perfect, perfect time to be a Liverpool fan. Consider downloading the Amphit Rap app if you haven't already. There's all sorts of this kind of content on there and also you'll get to hear that lovely Cardiff caller with John before. Up the Reds. <laughs> 